Welcome to my festival, G Cella. <laughs> I know someone in the comments is going to immediately say a better play on words for Coachella and my name than G Cella. But hey, it's kind of funny. People thought it was funny when I suggested it on my Discord. So here we are. Hello, Derek G6 Volumes. What is the purpose of this episode? As you know, this podcast is about me developing a bit of a thesis around music and talking around that. Is this a thesis? I'm going to position it like this. This is a podcast in reaction to Coachella recently and wanting to break down, in my opinion, I've been around music programmers. I've worked with many music programmers, actually. Just saying being around is not accurate enough. I've worked with a lot of them. And rather than being a thesis, this is a bit of a unpacking of the different uh, strategic markers that a music programmer must hit for a festival, right? In order to appeal to the largest source of people. And then I'm going to suggest my thoughts and predictions for Coachella 2024 based on that criteria. It's all fun and games at the end of the day. There is, this is not, I'm not trying to say these are, the headline is my predictions for Coachella 2024. This is more about like festival programming and what things, what criteria you need to hit in order to make a well-rounded festival. You know, but then I thought it was it's only more fun to then break it down into artists and predictions so that we can have some meat on the bone. And I've spent quite a bit of time on this. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoy it. Um, hello, I'm Derek G. If you don't know anything about me, you've just come across this podcast. Do I even introduce myself usually? Don't I don't think so. I make content. I'm a DJ, I'm a radio host. I am a person that thinks and a lot about music and hopefully thank you for all the feedback. Thank you for all the ratings. Thank you for all the uh, comments. You've been enjoying it, whether on YouTube, whether on podcast apps, etc. So hopefully you enjoy this. Hopefully you can play along and try to guess my picks with me. And the first, first thing I'm going to do bef before... I go over the different categories which one must program artists around. I'm going to go over a, bit, a few criteria. This is like almost like absolves me of any um, too much judgment. <laughs> uh, number one, the, the artists that I picked, I tried to pick artists that are a good mix for everyone, not just you or me. So I'm not just going like if it was just me, I'd be all like minimal piano and... <laughs> and acts that are not in the billboard charts. Not going for that. I'm choosing festival-friendly acts. I think that is something that a program must think about. Obviously, you're not going to choose people that are doing stuff that's way too quiet, that doesn't have that kind of appeal or status or just gravitas, you know? I've thought about balancing who has played before at Coachella, and when, and if they played in 2022, they're not going to be coming back this next year, you know, but if they played in 2017, but they're a lot bigger, I think they're definitely allowed, you know, I've also thought about an American audience centric programming. That's not to say it has, it's just full of Casey Musgraves and Kid Rock or anything like that. No offense to American audiences, but I mean like, uh, 
too too European centric, too DJ centric, as in like just the Peggy Goos of the world, etc. I think is not the right angle for a Coachella, and they wouldn't think that either. You know, America's uh, a big hip hop country. It's a big like has a storied reputation of a lot of um, historic acts that they'd want to book before having like the most headsy DJ there or something like that. Also, I'm not trying to be too obscure with my taste. I'm not trying to like, like I think that uh, I could list a hundred names that a lot of you, not you, but like maybe the mainstream audience might not have heard of. And then I'll just be like, look at this. This is like a suggestion for a festival. And people will be like, I've never heard of these. And it's like, well, that's not really the point, is it, to do something that's just like tastemakery. Uh, I also don't know everyone in the world of music and as much as I know a lot of things. So if you said to me, Derek, why didn't you have this artist's? It's so obvious and I can only be in so many worlds in music. So I think that, forgive me if I've forgotten someone massive. Uh, And last but not least, I'm not going to be programming by stage, Gobi stage, whatever, because there's too many stages and that would be mad. Okay, those are my disclaimers. So to set this up, when you are a music programmer, when you are a festival You have to think about how you can sell tickets, how you can make headlines, how quickly can you sell tickets? How can you make this an event that's culturally relevant? How could you appeal to young audiences, old audiences? How can you appeal to a multitude of genres? I think that with Coachella this year, there's everyone from Björk to Rosalia to uh, Pierre Bourne to Yves Tumor. So it definitely hits like if you are someone like me, you, you know, you've got a lot of options but then you also have Fisher and you have big electronic acts that I would never be interested in like uh what's his name did Calvin Harris do this year I think so not my thing so it's like well that's that's uh also there for someone else to take so or to view so they have to think about all these markers and drivers because some festivals are music specific festivals and um, whether it's jazz or rock or hip hop, like Rolling Loud or Blues Fest or or things like that, um, San Francisco Jazz Festival, this is different. This will always be different. This is um, a very much a combination, Coachella, of iconic acts in history, relevant, up and coming tastemaker, but in the mainstream space. And then also uh, more like established American acts that people can get behind. Um, so I am going to go through my categories that they might use to program Coachella, G-Cella, and um, what would be uh, artists they might be considering for next year. Got it? Have I fumbled my way through this explanation? I don't think so. Basically, I'm, I'm programming next year based on these markers. And I've separated them into categories. How about I tell you the chapters, right, of these categories? And this is how I'm going to read them out in order. The, yeah, right. 
there is a standing offer. Artist. They had a big album in 2023. Artist. The classic slash legacy artist. That one vintage headline artist, which is different from legacy. The drop everything, no way. They are playing Coachella. Artist. The graduate. They were big, but now they're even bigger since the last time they played. They've graduated. They are alumni in a sense, and they are coming back to go, I'm as big as humanly possible. The surprise comeback. The instant headliner. What does that mean? Well, wherever they are in life right now, they are a headliner. Um, Could be a headliner by this time next year is another one. The kind of, yeah, but is exciting. That's my personal category of like, they, I could see them being on here, but they might not be for next year. It's a given is another one. They're going to be there. The credible non-headliners, the curveballs, the foreign contingent, and the mainstream closing DJ. That's a lot. And I'm wondering, I could spend the first half talking about three of them and then realize that I've been speaking for uh, (laughs) hours. So I'm conscious, maybe I'll speed through some, maybe I won't through others. So lastly, before I get into it, we're at 10 minutes now, before I get into it, one, who do you think should be added to G-Cella slash Coachella 2024? Who have I missed? Who are in these categories that you think would be obvious? Secondly, if anyone's crazy enough, could you put in a poster? Someone put in a poster. <laughs> That'd be great. See how it all shakes out. That is a, a blind you know, request that I don't know if anyone's going to do. But I'd love to hear your thoughts first and foremost. All right, let's get going. The first category, the yeah right slash there is a standing offer. What does that mean? This would be the category whereby the programmer, probably whoever the founder is, the CEO of Coachella, has spoken to their management agent label probably for the last 20 years, 10 years, five years, and saying like, we would love to have them as a headliner. And they've always said no. So they're like, just so you know, there's a standing offer. If you ever want to play, we will drop everything. Good category. Number one, Sade. Come on. Sade the band featuring Sade, the artist. Imagine that would absolutely break the internet if, uh, Sade played and I think that there has to be a standing offer Sade I don't know the last time Sade played live I don't know the last time I've seen Sade play I don't know if Sade is even interested in playing so that would be cool Drake I think Drake is too big for Coachella and I think potentially unless he did something really massive would you know because he's Arguably, no, definitely past his prime. So it's not like he's at the peak. He's putting out a lot of music right now. So as in like the last couple of years that haven't been great, like as in like top tier uh, number one. So he's not the most culturally relevant anymore. So if you put Drake on there, is that exciting? He's going on a world tour soon as well. So I think they'd want Drake. Would Drake want it? Maybe he should, if he went dark for a few years, 
you know, maybe he would make sense. J. Cole. J. Cole, I'm surprised, hasn't done Coachella or hasn't done it in a long time, I believe. I think it would be another big one, especially if J. Cole went dark for until next year. I think people haven't heard. J. Cole did something with J-Hope recently, so he's not exactly silent, but you kind of want him to go silent for a little bit and then do a bit of a Beyonce, Baychella, this is, you know, the punctuation point in my career type thing. So I feel like that's a standing offer. Here's a good one. The Yeah Right outcast come on every year they'd be like andre big boy anyone please no okay fair enough that one wouldn't be another one Shade, outcast come on one day it's going to happen something like that and people are going to lose their minds speak social moment you got to think as a program about social media moments right because if you have um east tumor is exciting that people going to talk about it lesser jay-z Standing offer. I think Jay-Z's most iconic festival performance will always be Glastonbury. And maybe that was Jay-Z's Baychella, whereby you can't top that. Where, uh, if you don't know, Jay-Z uh, was criticized by Noel from Oasis, Gallagher, saying, what is this rapidly rap? You know, this is a rock festival. And, uh, and then Jay-Z came out with a guitar and played, um, I can't remember which song, uh, Wonderwall, probably by Oasis, as a bit of a piss take, you know? You know, absolutely making fun. Iconic, hilarious, amazing. If he did Coachella, how could you top that? Last one in the year, right? There's a standing offer is Daft Punk reformation. They've just retired. They're split up. So that's not going to happen next year. It might happen in years to come. It's not going to happen next year. But uh, yeah, on my poster, it would definitely be Sade, Outcast, <laughs> and Jay-Z, uh, I think. But the offer's there. We all know the offer is there to all these people, right? Please, one day. All right, next category. The big album from last year, as in 2023, which is this year, who might have a big album, an important album that might not be a headliner. None of these people, not everyone in here is going to be a headliner. Um, but I think that in order to jump to that next level on a festival like Coachella, you have a relevant album that popped off this year, um, that there is a lot of, a lot of buzz around you. Like t say Kali Uchis dropped her album just before Coachella, I think that the programmers would be very much in with the labels to know, okay, they're dropping something and we will target our energy around this time because that's when they'll be the most culturally relevant. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of jostling, a lot of lobbying to to align your release with big cultural moments. This one's a bit out there, but King Cruel is releasing an album this year. And I think people have you know, people forget about King Cruel and then he comes back and if he puts out a really good album, as he does every time, King Cruel could be like, not the big, big headline, but like on the second row type thing. Maybe, maybe third. Danny Brown uh, is releasing an album, released uh, Scaring the Hose with uh, JPEG Mafia. Could be uh, someone that does like, is very much acknowledged as a mainstayer in uh, alt rap as being like one of the fathers of the alt rap scene so it could come out with uh i think that people are going to consider scaring the hoses a really great album from this year 
could come out with his other album could be a, a really shining moment to celebrate Danny Brown and his importance to alt rap. Interesting. Let's go with Peggy Goo. That's a curveball because I don't know if she's releasing an album, but I think that she's had three strong singles, Starry Night, Hanjan, and uh, the other one with the guy from Hyoko. Um, oh, Hyok. Um, so if she released an album, I think she could go f- not not number one, but tier two in terms of big name that will draw and has done enough festivals for people to want to see her because there's always big crowds for her. She's cool. She's relevant. Uh, she's festival. That could be a good play. Next category is the classics, the legacy acts. Now, I have a, one coming up called That One Vintage Headliner. Uh, that, that one's fairly obvious, and I think you could guess a lot of those because they have been suggested or um, recommended or predicted in the past. But this one is like, I want to use like Blink-182 as uh, from this year as a prime example of that, whereby they haven't done a world tour in a long time. They've been out of the game for a long time. People would just want to relive the memories of of that time in their lives. And so... Um, you're bringing these people back, but you're not like you're not um, digging them from the grave. They're not that dead, but they're around. People know they're around and would love to see them, and um, adds that kind of vintage credibility, legacy, fun memory to the programming. My number one choice. This is like an award ceremony. My number one choice that I would love to see is Crowded House. I think that there was a um, Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande. Um, covered Don't Dream It's Over is that the name of the song they covered a Crowded House song a year and a half ago and just surprised me that they even sung that song and made me think oh people really respect Crowded House probably more than I realise if these two massive artists are covering them I could see like a sing-along at a festival of all the Crowded House classic hits so I think that would be an amazing festival act. I think it would be like it's a sunset crowded house at like not the main stage, but like the second biggest one would be, I was going to say a bop. How old am I? That'd be cool. By the way, I'm trying out a different mic. This is a condenser mic. And I think it has more detail in my voice. So let me know if you like the mic, because I think I didn't like the, I did. I prefer, I think I prefer this sound, but if maybe you don't. Anyway, classic legacy. My Chemical Romance is classic at this point, I would say. Do do the Black Parade. Chemical Romance presents the Black Parade. Amazing. I think uh, retro enough that is now like almost in the Blink-182. Younger, but not that much younger. Category. Deftones, still credible. People still love them. I think that would just be, you know, a bit raucous. System of a Down, I think, would absolutely people would lose their minds and i think there have been people who wanted them to play for years so i think system of a down is a really really bold not crazy would be successful choice the cure they have a new album on the way they're touring america uh robert smith is you know came up at the same time as uh, as the smiths and morrissey and and robert smith has won that game because morrissey 
is an incel. So <laughs> I think that the cure in that Bjork space, you know, if we have, if we go back to my list, Sade and uh, the cure as like two big ones. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'd go to my G-Cella. <laughs> uh, Incubus is fun. When's the last time you saw Incubus play? I remember growing up with Incubus and they were being like, they were kind of cool, kind of corny at the same time. I'd be into Incubus for sure. Basement Jacks would be cool. Uh, Groove Armada would be cool. I think Groove Armada is very much in the vein of how the Chemical Brothers did this year. And the Chemical Brothers set was insane. Just like, you know, one of those ones where you forget how many hits they have. And then um, they play and it's like songs like Galvanize. And you're like, oh yeah. And then... Um, star guitar. Wait, is that wait? Chemical Brothers. Yes, yes. And you're like, oh yeah, that song too. You know, uh, those types of early two thousands classic acts. You know, late at night for the for the thirty plus year olds. Excellent, excellent. Air, air. Rolling my R's. Not rolling my R's, but uh, pronouncing my R's for the American air would be cool because they're mysterious they're like you know 20 plus years old at this point so into it i should stop saying into it i chose this fucking thing so yeah most deaf yasin bay classic hip-hop I, I thought i realized i didn't have many classic hip-hop in this section so um i think yasin bay black star could be a shout i think you know yasin hasn't been in the media so much so would be cool robin in terms of euro pop i think people would want to see her beach house they're releasing an album this year the national is releasing an album this year both so, some of these people are going to be on the on the lineup next year i guarantee you. the national probably um groove armada probably because i wouldn't be surprised with the QR probably uh fallout boy would it's not for me, but it's, I think, in that kind of Blink-182 space. Iggy Pop is another. Um, Last Hurrah. He's getting old now. Last Hurrah. He's still going. Still looking like a, a, a catcher's mitt. So uh, Iggy Pop would be amazing too. So that is the list of classic and legacy. The next one, as I alluded to, the, that that one vintage headliner, I think System of the Down could actually be upgraded to here because I think that they would be in that Bjorkish status. My submission for number one is NERD, Chad Hugo, Pharrell, and come on, memory, do your thing. I forget his name. And the other guy. I used to be obsessed with NERD. I wanted the cap when they were first out with that first album. I was on forums about them. So yeah, NERD playing Rockstar, playing She Wants to Move, uh, all those sort of things. I'm kind of speechless. I would love that. Can someone please program them? Please pay them millions and millions of dollars for me. Massive Attack Blast played in 2006. Uh, Massive Attack... I, I don't know. I don't know every, every conversation about music. I feel like there's less talk about Massive Attack. They haven't released an album in a long time, whereas Bjork has. But you can. You can if you booked for Coachella around the same time. Massive Attack, 
anyone would love to see them, surely. Metallica, I think they were meant to play. No, that's the next one. Metallica, people have been uh, predicting for years and hasn't happened. Metallica, uh, if Metallica played and like a, a Frank Ocean type person played at the same time, I would be seeing Frank Ocean. More on that later in the appendix. Uh, but Metallica would be that one vintage, vintage headliner. Rage Against the Machine, a redux, because they were playing in 2020 before COVID happened. So, and then they went on their own tour after that because they were like, screw this, we can make more money. So Rage Against the Machine would definitely be a winner, a winner, winner, chicken dinner. And then Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder is a, a curveball. You know, songs in the key of life. Play Love's in Need of Love Today. That would be beautiful. Um, Sunset Session is the one you want, I think. The one where everyone's just in a good mood and it's getting into this more serious times. And um, I think Stevie Wonder would be a surprise. I don't know if it's Coachella friendly. Stevie Wonder is the OG Frank Ocean, guys. Not really, not in a sad boy way, but like, you know what I mean? Kind of more atmospheric. Okay, next category. There's a lot of categories. Drop everything slash no way that they're playing and they're their headliner. I also said slash Baychella, which is like Beyonce's playing. Beyonce, like I said, around Jay-Z, it was like, this is a punctuation point in, in their career. So drop everything. They're playing. We're booking. We're going. This one feels, the first one feels less likely because she's on a world tour right now. Taylor Swift hasn't done it. Will she do it? Doesn't need to do it. She's bigger than it. Probably wouldn't do it next year. If she's going to do it, she'd probably do it in like the year after or the year after that when everyone settled down from the Eras tour, everyone settled down from Midnight's and she might not have released anything for a while. And you do that whole, this is my Coachella set and it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen. Might be too close to the Eras tour. Here's a fun one. Young thug post-prison comeback. Maybe bring Gunner on stage. Uh, a bit of a, like, this is the first thing they've done since out of prison. I think they're coming out of prison this year, hopefully. Uh, and therefore, you know, imagine you don't hear anything. Young thug is out of prison. Just saying June. But nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. January. Boom. Headliner. Young thug. Excellent. Excellent headline. We like to see it. Animal Collective, <laughs> wait for uh, Margot, to, Margot to lose her mind over that. Animal Collective would be surprising, shocking, exciting, different, alternative. Because keep in mind, Coachella, I should have said this at the beginning, Coachella used to be more of the alternate and rock festival, not with Young Thug. So this would be very much in keeping with OG Coachella. Next one, Justin Bieber. M man's had a lot of mental issues man's had a lot of performance anxiety issues would be a moment would need a lot of rehearsals could be become that kind of frank ocean polarizing type thing so i think that if justin bieber was playing he's got enough of a discography that people would be like i want to hear this song that song that song that song that song you could bring out anyone from travis scott to skrillex so would be a festival closing headliner Insane. Solange. I just feel doubtful. I feel like Solange is living her best life and uh, doesn't need to do this. And unless she, she like, there's, she's like the female version of Frank Ocean does her own thing, released a, a similar vibe-ish album at the same time. Hasn't been as like talked about 
for the fandom being less annoying. So Solange would be cool. I And people would drop everything to see her. I can't see it happening. RM, likely, I would say. Not going into uh, military service just yet. Released an album this year with Erica Badu, has been featuring a lot of stuff, including Balming Tiger and So Yoon, I believe. Um, so I feel like they've done Blackpink. I think if you just did another big K pop group, they would want BTS, but they can't. Um, and they probably missed the opportunity because of the uh, military service. RM, like, uh, J-Hope did Lollapalooza, so that's done. So who else? RM, just at the top. Ticket sold. Done. Happy. The Jonas Brothers. This is the drop everything, remember. The Jonas Brothers, you know, I think they're releasing an album this year. Still a lot of love for them. Very much like, it's like me saying the reuniting of uh, One Direction, similar vibe. That, that's not happening, so I'm not saying that. But Jonas Brothers... Not for me, but for a whole generation of, of people. So suggestion. Miley Cyrus, surprisingly, has never performed before. And I think a lot of the pop fandom would lose their minds if Miley Cyrus was at 10 p.m. at the main stage, whatever that one's called. So likely. Maybe I'll do a likely at the end of this. No, it's too long if I just go through the list again of all the likelies. Here's some obvious that I don't think will happen. Rihanna and Adele. Adele, probably not even right vibe-wise for the festival. Rihanna uh, with child and um, did Super Bowl. So doing it this next year doesn't really feel like a necessary move. So people would drop everything there. But I think that she's still got a couple years left of the glow of the Super Bowl. So hang tight, Riri, says me. All right. Next category. The graduate slash was a star, now a superstar, slash will never do it again after this. Good category. Uh, because there's a lot of people that played at Coachella. There's a lot of people that played this year that will become bigger stars. Kali Uchis might be even bigger in a couple of years' time and be like a closer. Who knows? Uh, same with Charlie XCX. Who knows? So in this category, you've probably been waiting, waiting for this artist to be mentioned. Tyler, the creator. Uh, performed, I want to say 2019, is a headliner, a global headliner now. So definitely um, needs their moment to do it. Um, has just released the deluxe album to Call Me If You Get Lost. I think could do this without dropping anything new. I think would be an excellent, uh, vivid performance because i think he'd design a whole world around it and do something really special as is the creative director that is t c does anyone call that no tyler creator playboy cardi uh you know is a viral kind of sensation in the sense that like he's so unpredictable and i think people would want to see it for obviously the mosh but also just what's going to happen how crazy can it get uh I, I did think in this category, like Travis Scott, I think has, is too big for it. I think Travis Scott has Astroworld. The this, this smell on Astroworld is still lingering, I think. So I don't think that Travis Scott, people would be like, yeah, at the moment. I think Travis Scott is on a bit as a loud car goes past my apartment. Um, Travis Scott is a, a bit too on the nose, I would say, 
to be on this list. Scissor, big year this year, number one single album, doing the tour right now in, uh, you know, large but not like stadium arenas. This could be the Scissor, I'm doing a headliner and that is going to solidify me as a stadium artist. So uh, we know Scissor struggles with the cycle of being an artist and being on the hamster wheel. So there could be that question, but that would be beautiful. The 1975, I think, have proven themselves to be headliners at this point. They can sell stadiums multiple around the world. Um, and yeah, I think they've they've ascended to the next level. So deserved, to be honest. Nicki Minaj is the last one. I think she's almost in like the, not vintage category, but it's like she should have done being a headliner by now. And I think if she designed it right, it would be a really, really, really great show. I'd like to see it. I haven't said Harry Styles. I think he did it a couple of years ago um, and or last year. And um, yeah, if, if there's people missing, keep in mind that they might have done it a year ago or this year or whatever. So Harry Styles, sorry, he's already done it. Keep going. Categories keep going. Maybe I should speed up a little bit. Jeez, I've got so many categories. Okay, I'm going to speed up now. Uh, surprise comeback, reforming. So Jai Paul, Jay Paul, uh, XL's Jay Paul, first performance ever was an iconic moment. I watched the stream. It was delayed the stream, but I watched it in the end and it was like, wow, the first time he's ever done it. It sounded amazing. It was a moment in history and culture, I think, that he did something at Coachella. It will be in his Wikipedia page, put it that way, because it's like his first thing. It was special. It meant a lot. People were there to be with him, not just there for him, you know? So surprise comeback, reforming. Some of these are less crazy than others. It kind of goes more crazy as I go down the list. Timberland, whilst like he's been around, Timberland with like, Missy Elliott, Nelly Furtado, Justin Timberlake. I'm I'm just getting myself excited. But like Timberland being like the main person. Maybe that's not a surprise comeback. Maybe it's just a good idea. Maybe it's just a good idea. Come on. Come on, Coachella. Ween. Ween. A bit random for the but it's kind of alt and we haven't seen Ween as like a Ween's back. That'd be cool. Uh Sia. Sia could be a headliner. She doesn't do much stuff. Sia doing uh, a big, big show with her big, big hair and making it really theatrical. She could fill that Bjork slot for slot, not schlot, for sure. That sounds rude. Uh, she's not Bjork, but she's a pop icon and would be a great sight. Dean Blunt. Now we're getting weirder. Dean Blunt would be amazing. Wouldn't do it. Would be. It's one of those ones where you scan the lists, and if if we did a Derek reacts to the Coachella lineup for twenty twenty four, and Dean Blunt was on there, I would be like falling out of my chair. Great burial, same. Very J Paul. Who is it? Maybe we'll never know. Maybe burial will play, but inside a box, that'd be cool. Can we pay him a million dollars to get it done? Dean, as in the K pop star Dean, has disappeared off the face of the earth for a long time. Would you know? Like I said, they've done Blackpink, so. Where could you go from here? They did DPR Live and Ian this year. So Dean is bigger than that, except more enigmatic. Finally, 
last but not least, and the best idea so far, Zane. Zane. So what happens is Zane is on there. People lose their minds. Zane from One Direction, by the way. And then they uh, he drops a album immediately after or just before, and it's as good as Harry Styles stuff, and people absolutely lose their minds and buy tickets without thinking. Instant headliner slash I'm at my peak now. This is like, yep, you're just the, you're the big you're the big name at the top. Paramore. Uh, not that I've listened to it, but um, huge album from this year. Lana Del Rey released now this year. Ariana or Dua Lipa. Why did I say or? They're separate, but they're on the same line. Uh, instant headliner. Lil Uzi, instant headliner. Here's the little interruption where I'm recording this next to my wardrobe so that it doesn't sound too bad. Um... I recorded this on the Friday before the weekend, for the weekend too, and Frank hadn't pulled out yet. And Fred again, Skrillex and Fortet hadn't been announced as the bonus uh, for the Sunday night. So I'm going to mention all of these people coming up, predicting them for next year. So this is the one and only time I'm going to mention it, but my whole appendix is about Frank and uh, what could happen didn't see that coming just completely pulling out so yeah i was kind of right though about the other guys anyway bye controversially if fred again keeps on his trajectory i could say that he could be an instant headliner if he puts out another album and is like continues climbing maybe it's too soon for him but he's definitely on the trajectory because his live show is fantastic you would want to see it at Coachella he did play a couple years ago so I am cheating a little bit but I think he's become an instant headliner could be a headliner by this time next year category Central C big massive but only really massive in America for a very few amount of songs so uh, if you look at his chicken shop date it's like one of the most viewed ever uh, which says that he is a headliner but in America next to Paramore, Central C, not quite comparable, but uh, could be a headliner this time next year. Steve Lacey, if he releases another good record, could be another headliner. I'm pausing because I say Ice Spice, probably not a headliner, probably tier two. Ice Spice releasing bangers and bangers and bangers. I think a program has to think about who can I grab right now at this very moment in time that is culturally relevant and big and will define them at this point in time to be a headliner. Ice Spice could definitely be there. Lil Yachty, similar, uh, released that album that was that people loved. It's the Psychedelic album. Had uh, Poland. It's definitely in that. Uh, ha- having a moment right now is like 25, 26 or something like that. So, you know, if you had in there Paramore, I Spice, Lil Yachty. These are kind of a given to an extent. Timberland with all the features. Come on. Good festival so far. Kind of, yeah. But is it exciting? <laughs> is my next category. It's kind of like basically what I'm trying to say. is like the I would not be surprised to see any of these names on there. Is anyone dropping tons of cash to be like, hell yeah, I need to be there because of this? I'm not sure. You could argue with me. Arctic Monkeys. I'm just going to go through this list. Troy Sivan, Sam Smith, Lizzo, Skepta, Stormzy. Both of these two artists played in 2017. They have become less relevant now, but they're bigger than ever, if that makes sense. Megan Trainer, 
Jenny Aiko played in 2014. Olivia Rodrigo, if she drops a big album this year. Uh, Louis Capaldi was meant to be in 2020, but that got cancelled. Leve, Jake. Pop, all these people. Pop, big time pop, like Sam Smith and Lizzo. Uh, Jenny Aiko, been around, very cool. Not going to like blow the house down, but I would love to see it. Arctic Monkeys, people want to see them at Coachella. I've been wondering when they're going to play. All these people are like, yeah, some of these names will be on there. We should do a little bingo night. Check them off when it gets announced. But is it like, ooh, I Spice and Lil Yachty? Not really. Unless Olivia Rodrigo has another one of those albums this year, for instance. A given for 2023. Four. A given for 2024. That's a lot coming from me. So the bingo card is really going to be working hard for this, this next section. I'm just assuming it's going to happen. Daniel Caesar, album dropped this year. Don Tolliver, more relevant than ever, album dropped this year. Drain Gang, Echo 2K, Blade, uh, has to happen. Had Young Lean this year, Blade is very relevant. Drain Gang, very relevant. Come on. Always, very relevant. Highly regarded album last year. Pink Panthress. Uh, who knows where she'll be if she keeps going on this Ice Spice collaborative like she's very relevant so uh, where she'll sit amongst those headliners maybe the second tier if she has a good year this year feels like a given Uh, Dorian Electra Mitski Coyle Ray having a very good year Keshi Keshi feels like a given for 2024 has been uh Doing the rounds, doing a lot, bigger and bigger shows, has been more of a a, a, a sex icon of recent of the recent year, and um, feels like a given. Feels like a given. All right, let's whistle through the Derek section, <laughs> which is the credible non-headliners. I'm just going to rattle off names that I think uh, would not go astray. I would not be surprised to see them i they are not they are the smaller names the ones that you're like yep cool tick i want to see that if i'm weaving through and watching all the different stages i'm definitely seeing a lot of these Um, but they're not the ones that people buy tickets over kalela julia jacqueline jockstrap shy girl m huncho thames jasmine sullivan jotty dj charlotte dewitt dj Fontaine's DC, Tizo Touchdown, Machine Girl, Navy Blue, Amory, Black Country, New Road, West Side Gun, Tennis, Alice Long Yugao, Livy, Cigarettes After Sex, Orion Sun, Brent Fires, Her, and Blast. That's a good list of uh, 20 odd names. Some of those are going to be on there for sure. West Side Gun would be cool. You know, out of this list, I definitely want to see, well, a lot of them all of them actually um and that would be my you know a really great festival on its own um that is a section that's like you gotta book these people that are big and cool but they're playing at 5 p.m 2 p.m 3 p.m type thing uh julia jacqueline will play it like a 4 p.m type thing she's cool she's relatively well sized but she's not playing at 6 p.m just yet 
Here's some ones if they want to get a bit cheeky with it. This next section is called curveballs. Well, I've said that before and it's, it always sounds rude. The curveball section. KSI. That's really like it could go the wrong way. KSI being the uh, YouTuber, the the head of the snake of the Sidemen, um, the prime owner, prime energy drink with Jake Paul, the boxer, um, and rapper. And his albums have gotten more and more credible over time. They're not the most credible, but they've gotten more credible. So that's like, ooh, KSI is there. People would want to see it. Internet fans especially, it's not the most credible musically. Baby Metal. Maybe they missed their chance with Baby Metal. Japanese um, girl metal group um, would kind of be one of those acts you've got to see because it's a festival act and it's just like, you know, very kawaii, very uh, just fun and metal and Japanese. Uh, Jack Black. I don't know why I put him in there. Jack Black would be a bit of a curveball. Maybe it's like on one of those weird stages at 6 p.m. And he's doing his thing. Uh, feels less likely. Feels a bit old. All right. Foreign contingent. They had success with. I know Rosalia is foreign, like for American audience, but like it also doesn't feel like it. They had success, huge success with Blackpink. They had huge, huge success with Rosalia. This is the second last category. We've done well, guys. We've done well. We've sped up a little bit. Otherwise, I could have gone through the credible non-headliners for a good 20 minutes talking about Jasmine Sullivan and Jotty and Westside Gun. <laughs> anyway, Foreign Contingent, they did well with Rosalia and Blackpink. How are they going to do well again without repeating themselves, right? By just doing another similar booking. In saying that, my first one is Daddy Yankee. <laughs> I think Daddy Yankee, they tried to... Uh, book in the past and he was like the money guys is nowhere near what i would need sorry so unless they pay bank daddy yankee might never perform ozuna would be fun i'd go see that adekunle gold i'd see that not headliner but but you know middle 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 to high k-pop section la seraphim is a cool choice because they're not Blackpink, they're energetic, they're dynamic, uh, they are part of Hybe, they are a good, solid, wherever Jackson Wang played, you know, 6, 7pm. New Jeans, somewhat obvious, they're already playing a festival in America, I can't remember which one, um, but we'll let's see how their year goes. It's a bit obvious and it may be a bit too soon. Maybe you want them to do it like as a headliner in a few years' time. Twice. They've been playing America a lot. People would love to see it. Too close to Blackpink. So I'm going to strike them out, actually. I don't think that they'd book them. IU, from a Korean perspective, huge solo performer and actress, um, I think would be a curveball that would kind of blow away the K-pop audience. People would be like, oh my gosh, IU is playing at Coachella insane not quite rock and roll not quite lively not hugely festival be cool here's a cool one maria takuchi plastic love city pop city pop city pop city pop city pop everyone's talking about city pop i see it in my tiktok feed all the time i see it on youtube all the time personally i'm a bit tired of it because i don't know it's become a bit too faddish 
uh, now people are starting to recreate it and it sounds bad. Now I'm getting too much into a worm, uh, a rabbit hole. But I think as a booking, put Maria Takuchi on there. Come on, people will be like, all right, curveball. We could see cigarettes after sex, which we could see anytime. Or we could see Maria Takuchi, which we'll never see again. Let's go there and just have a dance. Yosobi, uh, duo, Japanese, J-pop, uh, fun, energetic. The best thing I've seen live in a while would do well. Sasami, Seiso Neon, Bombing Tiger, all alternative, Asian, Korean. I don't know if they're all Korean, but uh, alternative Asian acts that have a very credible in a lot of different scenes, whether you're a Japanese breakfast fan or you're a uh, uh, Stray Kids fan, you you kind of know about some of these, Sasami, Seiso Neon, and Bombing Tiger. So... The foreigners, the ones that sing in different languages, you know? Last but not least, the mainstream closing DJ. So this is a thing now, right? You have like Fisher, you have uh, the Chemical Brothers, the one that plays, you have Calvin Harris, the one that plays after Blackpink to be like, yeah, we've had fun. This is the end of the night. It's one person. It's lots of LED screens. Let's just end it on a high note with some great memories, you know? I don't know if this person I'm going to say next is that because they might be too not American enough. Black Coffee, I'd want at my festival to close at 11 p.m., 12 p.m., 1 a.m., 12 p.m., 12 a.m. 12 p.m. with Black Coffee would be weird, um, but would be cool. And because of the adjacency to people like Drake, he definitely has more of a name. Don't know if you pull the audience though. Skrillex feels fairly obvious. Put out an album recently. Putting out another album soon is very bro step. Is has all the big hits. Whether you want heavy, whether you want light, if you want weird, you know these two. I'm going to mention this as next. Fortet played in 2019, but is much bigger now. These two are part of the uh, the terrible trio. I don't know why I said terrible. It sounds like I'm being mean. The trio of Fred again, Skrillex and Fortet, they're having their moment. So there's a halo effect around that. So Fortet, I feel like wouldn't close the main stage too headsy for a uh, American audience unless Skrillex and um, Fred again did that. They could do it. They could call themselves something. Terrible threesome. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Fat Boy Slim makes a lot of sense, has been, is playing Glastonbury, so is less original now, but would work. Marshmallow, last play in 2017, and Martin Garrix playing in 2017. Uh, both of these are not my style, but American audiences would love them. My, uh, a massive, you could see their name, you know, we're closing the set, it's Martin Garrix, everyone have a good time, EDM vibes but not too small, you know, they're big, 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 big. They're like 10, 20 million followers type vibe. And there we are. G Cella. What do you think? Who have I missed? Hopefully you enjoyed this little thought exercise, a bit of an unpacking of the thinking behind how it might be programmed. And let's see, I am going to be really excited if I remember to look back at this in almost a year's time to see just how many I got right, got wrong. I did take a lot of time to look at all the artists out there and 
who might be available within my worldview of knowing as many artists as I possibly can. Uh, obviously, I didn't put every artist I know down there, but the ones that I think could be relevant, could make it uh, next year. Thank you for listening. The appendix. Let's keep it simple because I might note that this is being recorded before the second weekend. So I don't know what happened with Frank Ocean in weekend two and maybe it all turned around. So I am commenting purely off weekend one where there was a lot of, I just want to have extended thoughts on it because, hey, it's the appendix. So if you don't know about what this what this is, basically Frank Ocean was the headliner. He hasn't performed in like five, six years or whatever. And it was a moment because he hasn't, he's been disappeared for a while. His brother uh, died, passed away. And so he has obviously been dealing with that. Uh, and there was a huge amount of anticipation to the point where people were traveling from all around the world to go see him. And uh, I made a joke when it was announced that it was a headliner. I put up an Instagram story that said, you know, here are the, his term sheet for the contract. And he, I crossed it all out. It was like live stream crossed out. Uh, interviews crossed out, like all this stuff, because I'm like, it's Frank Ocean, he's not going to do any of this stuff. Anyway, leading up, leading up, leading up, I was excited. He was on the list for live streaming. I'm like, I, I put away the time to actually watch this guy play. I'm excited. And then people started messaging me. He's not playing, he's, it, the live stream is not happening. He's being pulled off. Something's happening. And I'm like, man, that sucks. Am I mad at him as a person? No. I'm not surprised. It's Frank Ocean, man. But I was like, man, I would have loved to have seen that. Never mind. Anyway, uh, the reports were there. Either people loved it because it was intimate. He talked about that he used to go to Coachella with his brother and this was for him. The other side of it was like, there was meant to be an ice rink where there were ice skaters. That got pulled at last second. He got He came out late, an hour late. He had to stop early because of curfew, uh, noise restrictions. There were songs that were playing and he was just like, not limp syncing. He was like, you know, there were parts of the songs from Blonde where it's like pitched up and in his vocal and he didn't sing those. He just let that part of the song play and he was like singing along with the audience. All this wrapped up in the soup of like, we've been waiting, we've been traveling to see you. This is what you do. Screw Frank Ocean. So it's been really interesting to see like, people either like fall out of love with Frank Ocean, defend Frank Ocean, speculate on the gig that they didn't go to, annoyed at him for cancelling the live stream, annoyed at him for not saying anything to the public, annoyed at him for not taking ownership, all this sort of stuff. My opinion, which I put out, you know, I, I put out a, a TikTok the morning after because people wanted my opinion on it. I'm like, sure, I've got an opinion on it. And to summarize, because you can look it up, I'll put it in the show notes, was saying, uh, I had a very personal reaction to it, which is that I stopped talking about Frank Ocean on my TikTok because I realized it was just like annoying content that people make all the time, speculating about what Frank Ocean is going to do next to get views. I wasn't trying to do that, but I realized that people were interested in that. And I found it kind of, if you looked at my newsletter from the end of last year, I was like, I kind of said, if you're still just talking about Frank Ocean, you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> he hasn't done anything just get over it and move on. And when he puts something out, then enjoy. Um, so I think that the the frustration on the internet, especially, and people that travel 
and had were really angry set their expectations way too high way too high and uh then we're disappointed because the, everyone is kind of believing in this lore of Frank Ocean. And uh, he's just a guy that put out some music and doesn't do much else. And now you've propelled into this place where he's like, what do you expect him to be like? Rosalia with all these dances, you expect him to be like Beyonce with like a marching band. Like if you go to a Frank Ocean concert, it's like if I went to a Erica Badu concert, I'd expect cool songs and that's about it. Like it's not uh, a fanfare. Who knows? I, again, I'm saying this not knowing what's happening in weekend two and maybe I might have to record an update if it's dramatically, it's not going to be any worse, put it that way. Probably be a lot smoother and people know what to expect. But I think that what I think is the most funny personally is that have you heard his music? <laughs> like blonde, I, I, I explained it as impressionist. I'm sure other people do too. It, I, it took me a while to vibe with it because it's not like thinking about you from Nostalgia Ultra. It's not like Crack Rock from Channel Orange. It's not structured in this kind of way. It's meandering. It's slow. It's thoughtful. It's uh, looping. It's uh, more of like a storybook. And to to kind of expect that you're going to have fireworks and it's going to be black pink and it's going to be anything more epic than just a guy at a piano and a few bands and some cameras trying to display something cinematic, I think you've kind of got the wrong artist. Don't expect it to be a headliner like, you know, where he, he sings solo on mics and there's like fireworks or anything like that you mad man you mad so that's my final thoughts on the frank ocean saga i'll be i'll be intrigued to see if i'm anything changes between uh me recording this and when it comes out but that has been coachella i like sometimes like the harry styles one i made making stuff kind of shoving in episodes that i wasn't planning on making because i had an idea for it because that's also fun yeah this has been derek g6 volumes this is the longest one yet Gold, I need to drink water. On that note, I'll see you next week. Bye, friends.